Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pop culture, subculture, music, horror, sex, politics, art, and overall bad ass. This is Society 13, redefining podcasting. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall bad Welcome, Welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio. With your hosts, your host, Dave, Dave and Sean. Alright, folks, friends and fiends. I'm here with my buddy Sean. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. We have a very special guest here that we honestly didn't foresee happening, Sean, right? Did we ever see this in our radar? Not once. No, not even. Um, Meg Lee Chin is here with us tonight. And um, if you don't know who she is, then you've been hiding in a hole your whole life. Meg, you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here on this uh, shaky Facebook signal. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's either Skype or that. Yeah, that's right. Skype's even worse on my phone. Yeah, apologies. I've got outdated equipment, and when I tried Skype today on my computer system, um, it didn't work. So there you go. So so now we're talking on my crappy Android phone. It only makes it more endearing. So what have you been up to? We, we got your new song, and we played it on our last show, um, England's Mask. Um, I guess you have a whole album yeah. following that? Um, yeah, I, basically, um, I'm kind of free of record companies nowadays, so, um, I, I, I guess I can go thing, I, I can do things, uh, not the traditional way in that, um, you know, it's not like I have to do a, a whole album's worth of tracks and then release it as a record and that sort of thing. I'm sort of free of all that. So it, it's pretty much my YouTube channel, and um, so so I've I've just released England's Mask uh, on my YouTube channel. I also released it on um, I can't remember the distribution network. I've read about it on the internet somewhere. Spotify, it's maybe. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I released England's Mask myself. It's um, 
it's one of these distribution sort of sites, one of these DIY sort of things. Um, I've got my other stuff, my older stuff on CD Baby, I think. I, I haven't kept up with all that, uh, to be honest, because um, uh, I still like music, but I'm not wild about the music business. Mm. So, um, you know, so, so luckily uh, I've got the freedom to not have to work to that kind of structure as in, you know, uh, record 10, 12 tracks and then release them as an album. I can sort of release them as I go along. So I've released England's Mask, and uh, prior to that, uh, I put up a track um, called Trigger. And um, both have a sort of, um, I guess, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Angst. Kind of a music activist. Um, maybe a music activist bent sort of thing. I definitely see uh, that. Yeah, this was something I wasn't allowed to do in the music business because, um, you know, when you're in the music business, the same as when you're, I I suppose, in the sort of like acting or drama business, it, it, it is a business. And um, if you notice, most actors on TV, um, when aside from the Trump issue, uh, everybody complains about Trump, but but that's not really a a very risky thing to do because everybody's doing it. Uh, the risky thing is when you stick your neck out on something that's kind of unpopular. And um, I, I was doing that so much uh, with my first, well, when I was signed to my other record label. Um, so that, uh, like, like even, even after nine 11, I, I felt like I was the only one in all of America that was opposed to the war in Afghanistan. And, um, Oh, I really suffered for that. <laughs> no, I totally but, understand. Uh, no, yeah. I, I get it. Cause we, we don't get political on the show, but we love our music and music basically, yeah, it's, understandable, it's where yeah. it comes from, you know, and yeah. mu- music enhances well, uh, the experience. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, um, the the thing about the the music business I found or just, um, you know, this business of being in the public is part of the game is you you, you sort of have to be popular. And if you've got any opinions, pretty much every time you open your mouth, you lose like half your audience. (laughs) (laughs) You're so uh, right. You are so kind of how. uh, you're so right, Meg. Honestly, yeah, yeah, um, that. that's what we deal with every time we uh, write something, put a show up. Um, our opinions yeah. are, I mean, we just, we, you get castrated every time you want to write something that, you know, God forbid you want to take a chance and make it interesting, you know, and it's uh, it's difficult. It's a yeah. very difficult time for anybody to try anything new. And that's why I think it's time for Meg. Yeah, this is it. Um, you know, mostly the, the, the thing I, I don't know what's going on in America at the moment. But, neither, uh, neither do we, so, Sean. So do we have any only... idea what's going on? No idea. We have no idea. <laughs> See? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on. Oh, with... yeah, it's the Facebook thing. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're good. We can hear you. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm dying to come back sometime. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm a little bit scared too because I don't blame you. From how so from maybe. how it sounds like here in England, it, it just sounds like you guys are going nuts out there. We are, but uh, Sean's got something for you. Yeah. So Meg, when you when you first moved to the states, um, how you, you you were here a couple times, I think. Um, the first time you came here, yeah. I think you went to uh, San Francisco State University. Is that right? No, I, I, I grew up in the United States. Um, I was born in Taiwan, but I, you know, I moved to the States when I was sort of like 18 months old. So obviously I don't remember a lot of that. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I grew up in the United States and uh, I'm, I moved to England um, sort of uh, j- just on holiday and just ended up staying. And I've been here this whole time. So I I was reading um, something about uh, you you were a sound engineer and you may have worked on the first um, an early incarnation of Faith No More. Is yeah, there any truth? Yeah, to that's that? right. Well, um, you know, Billy Billy had a a Tascam one four four Porter Studio, which he sold, and uh, I bought a Tascam two four four Porter Studio, which was the next model and um he had just sold his and they wanted to do a recording so um i recorded i recorded them and um it was the first thing i recorded on my brand new uh tascam 244 porter studio and um i i didn't really know what i was doing so i was reading the manual (laughs) when i was miking up um mike's drums and, um, you know, the manual said, you know, make sure the needle just goes a bit into the red part of the time. And I was being real careful with it. And Mike just came over and said, nah, 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 forget that. <laughs> he, he just turned the gain up all the way up till it was completely in the red. I was mortified. But um, then when we played it back, well, you know, it sounded like Faith No More. <laughs> and who, who did they have so, on vocals um, that, at that time? That recording, uh, it, it had originally uh, Courtney Love. Yeah, um, that's right. Did some sort of well, well, it wasn't really a vocal. She she did some sort of laughing because that's what Roddy wanted. And, <laughs> Roddy uh, Bottom. He, he, uh, Roddy Roddy, yeah, keyboard yep. player. Yep. So um, so uh, he uh, she did some laughing, and uh, in the end, uh, it, it was Roddy's voice. He he did the laughing on it, and uh, I think it got to number one on the demo tape show on KUSF in San Francisco which was uh, the University of San Francisco demo tape show. Well, we're going to definitely, I want to play a song, one of yours, actually. My favorite is Deeper, of course. Um, But I want to know, I'd love to know where that song comes from, but mostly I want to know what was your first music experience that made you say, you know what, I need to be in front of a microphone? Uh, Yeah. Might have been, uh, I was in a school play sometime, I think I was about seven, and uh, I got a sore throat. <laughs> and so um, the teacher said, the show must go on. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think I was seven years old, second grade, I think wow. it was. And, um, you know, because I had this sore throat and you couldn't even hear me, she she got a microphone and this this other kid followed me around <laughs> with the microphone, you know, because I was the, um, you know, I was one of the leads. I was the wife of 
Jose the candle maker. <laughs> and uh, it was the first time I spoke on a microphone, and I thought, sheesh, you know, this sounds great. <laughs> You're like, I have a voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> I was going to say, I wish I felt that way on the microphone. Well, in public. <laughs> I, I get, like, just stage fright. Stage fright. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to play Deeper by yeah. Meg Lee Chin, and uh, we'll get back with this lovely lady. We have a lot of catching up to do, and um, thanks for listening, folks. That was Deeper by Meg Lee Chin. It happens to be my personal favorite by her. Um, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what was the uh, what was the first? Was it your parents that got you into music? Like, did you hear something? Was it a riff somewhere? A beat in a club? Like, when you said, "You know what? I have to be a part of this." Well, my dad was an electronics engineer, mm-hmm. 
and uh, for presents uh, when I was a kid, he he used to buy me things that he really wanted for himself. <laughs> you know, so like I'd, I'd get like a uh, Radio Shack 101 Projects kit. <laughs> That's or, so he um, could put it together on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he he got me he got me a doll that was when I was really little. That was nearly the height of me. And I was probably the first kid ever that had a doll that um, you could put a record on the record player and the sound would come through her chest. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God knows where he found it. But I mean, like I said, he he used to buy me presents (laughs) that he wanted for himself. Pretty cool presents. Yeah. So, um, sorry. What What was the question? Was it about? I think you um, answered it. Um, what got you started? And it sounds like that would be a good start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. So, um, I think I was pretty lucky. I always had uh, electronics and that sort of thing around my house. So, I mean, I that would have been my dad. Very cool. Yeah. So, for your um, first album, uh, Peace and Love. Um, you, did you write and record all the all the music? Um, was that all uh, prepared by you, or did you collaborate on that? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. What it what it ha- what happened was um, back in the day, I I, I was always kind of uh, underestimated in studios, and uh, you know, so I, so I just decided to uh, well to do it myself, and. Um, I was lucky enough to get a really good deal on a computer called an Atari Falcon. Oh wow! And it was pro- yeah, it, it had uh, f- uh, well four four megabytes of RAM, and I was um, really happy. I, I started off with like a hundred megabyte hard drive, if you can believe that, and uh, and that's what I recorded Newtopia on, if oh, you wow. can believe that. Do you still have the Atari? No, I don't. That's long gone. <laughs> it, it 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 was an Atari Falcon. It was the first um it was the first sort of like affordable digital studio. Yeah. What you uh, know, so uh, so what what sorry? are uh for your new music now, what are you using to record? Is it just a laptop and um you know, a, the DOS software or what are what are you using now? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's just um it's it, it's just my uh my computer. You know, I've got a, uh, what is it, like a quad-core, f- what is it, I can't remember. But, um, you know, it's a, I think it's an i7 CPU. Well, I've got about 16 megs of RAM. And, um, you know, n- nothing that, that spectacular. Just a, you know, bog-standard, um, okay computer sort of thing. It's a uh, desktop computer. Yeah. And I've just got my big, um, my big screen, and probably the best part of my system is probably my my Atom speakers. You know, so I, I owned a company for a while. I owned uh, Gearsluts dot com. Yeah, I, which I, is the. I read about that. I was going to ask you about that. Um, I wasn't sure the yeah. story behind that. So maybe you could tell us yeah, a little that, bit about that, it. Yeah, that that that. That's a lawsuit that I can talk about <laughs> uh, because I because, yeah, well, I mean, I, I gave up money 
so that I could talk about it. Okay. Yeah, because because I, I I didn't want to sign a non disclosure agreement. So so you can ask me anything you like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, no, I owned a, a site called Gear Sluts, and I pretty much gave up my music career for it because um, well, because I needed to make a living, basically. So I worked on Gear Sluts. Uh, you know, I was owner from about two from the year two thousand to the year 2007 and uh my business partner basically just one day locked me out of the site whoa yeah which pretty horrendous i mean yeah some somebody who's like my best friend and um you know um who i'd known for years and years and years just um well he married somebody who was a failed barrister which in this country that that means a lawyer you know interesting he, he okay. yeah he, he he married somebody with a lot of legal connections and they just did the dirty on me i spent four years fighting the lawsuit and i wow. won oh good but um yeah and i didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement specifically so that I could talk about it because one thing I learned when I was doing the lawsuit is um everybody signs these non-disclosure agreements yeah mm -hmm. and and people that get stuck with terrible lawsuits yeah they can't find any information on huh. it so I I quite specifically didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement over it so that I could talk about the lawsuit and um I mean, it, it changed my life. You could say for the better, you could say for the worse. Oh, I understand really this. Uh, my eyes. Meg, I actually Sorry. totally understand what you're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was um, it, it was one of the worst things that ever happened to me in my life. It I wouldn't can be. wish it on anybody to have to go through a lawsuit, you know. Yeah, it's heartbreak because it's over uh, something that you love. Well, um, it's it it it's so uh personal it's scary because because of the costs involved you know for the average person for the amounts of money involved mm -hmm. and uh j just the fact that um you know if you lose you you could end up well that's it you're just like uh financially screwed for the rest of your life because uh. there's so much at stake when um when people have lawsuits you know i mean it's just horrible just I honestly, this kind of segues into the last episode. Uh, I had uh, Lexi Carver on, who's a local horror author and writer and fan fiction writer. Yeah. And uh, we talked yeah. about this. And it's just like how it, well, I, what I ended up telling her was I had, it took me till I was, you know, in my late 40s to realize, or mid 40s, uh, you got to cut those ties that bind you to all the evilness and just the people that bring you down. You know, and it's hard. Yeah. You you can't filter them out right away. And man, they're there. And when you cut those ties, it's almost like you're 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 born again. And I mean, in a good creative way. You know, and yeah, I guess you really. And when it's tied to something like what you guys did, I guess it was something you loved and were creative with. It hurts even more. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say gifts lets was a creative thing. I mean, um, it. In fact, I gave up something that I was doing that was creative mm. to pursue something that was commercial. I get you. You know, I mean, there, there, there wasn't a lot of love with building gear sluts. I mean, it was like hard work. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, uh, oh, I was doing stuff I didn't know how to do. I had to teach myself to run servers. I mean, of course, everybody does it now. So it's it's not hard work now. And it's it, it's cheap to, you know, just, um, you know, because there's loads and loads of uh 
back around when we started Gear Sluts, it was around the year 2000. There, there really wasn't a lot of people, and I pretty much taught myself how to how to run servers and all that sort of thing from scratch. So, um, yeah, no, no, it was work for me. It wasn't. It, I, I didn't create Gear Sluts out of love. Sorry to disappoint That's you. That's okay. <laughs> it was work it, though. <laughs> it, it, start, it, it started off as a, just kind of a fun thing. Well, with all the, but it got really busy. With all the data requirements now and privacy with like GDPR and stuff like that, I'm sure it would be a massive, yeah. a massive headache at this time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but the, I mean, the good news is there's loads of people that run um, computers and stuff now. And um, so you can find people and you can find, uh, I mean, it's relatively inexpensive, you know, because there, there are so many people doing it. But at the time, back in the year 2000, there wasn't, and plus I had no background at all in IT, so I just I just learned it from scratch. I, I kind of had to because um, we didn't expect the site to take off. Hmm, interesting. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. how, do you ever talk to anybody from back in the Wax Tracks days, or all of them? Uh, no, not really. Um, I see people on Facebook, right. but uh, nowadays people with, with Mark Zuckerberg's algorithms, <laughs> I think they sort of ring fence you yeah. to only the people that you communicate with directly. How about that? Yeah, so, you're right. So, so yeah, so you don't really get any sort of like long lost people anymore, and <laughs> um, I don't I don't think there's too many people from the old pig face days that. That may, except for Seabold, Stephen Stephen Seabold, he he's quite active on his uh, him and Michelle. Yeah, Michelle Walters, they're really active. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mich- Michelle yeah. has been on the show twice, and um, also Leslie Rankin, Ruby, yeah, was on the show as yeah. well. Were yeah, you, we you, love you guys. Oh, right. Were you friends with Leslie from oh. the Pig Face days? I know she lives in Scotland. I, I I never met her. I heard she hated me. What? <laughs> Why? Oh. Well, this is what I heard, so who knows? I, I never met her Lay myself, but uh, I w- was a bit worried. Well, because I was singing her songs, because oh. um, Chickasaw w- was her song, and she I think she'd fallen out with Martin after the first tour, and I was brought in oh. from, um, yeah, I was brought in from London, and so for the her- whole first tours, um, I didn't have any songs with Pig Face, so I sang Chickasaw. I do love that song. And <laughs> Yeah, it was a very good song. I enjoyed singing it. You know. <laughs> okay, so, we'll, we'll, so you, we'll try to make peace there somehow. <laughs> so you well, brought... it's not not necessary. I, I don't. It's not like I run around in um, in any music circles anymore. So, you know, not likely to run into anybody. <laughs> so, Newtopia came out uh, with Pigface first, and then your uh, first album, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Um, you know, Newtopia was a track. It, it was the first track that I recorded on the Atari Falcon, and I worked on that song. It, it's embarrassing to say how long I worked on that song for six months. <laughs> wow! Because well, I, I, well, I, I didn't know how to use the equipment, and I had four megabytes of RAM <laughs> and a one hundred megabyte hard drive, which means you know, if I put something down, and I didn't like it. You know, I'd have to erase it. And th- there was this funny thing that you did with the Atari Falcon where you could, like, squish the data, <laughs> compress, compress it. Compress you know? it, yeah. 
yes, it, to, to save more space on your drive. It was really hard. <laughs> it, basically, it was the garage days of industrial. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. You know, um, was, uh, let's let's give them another taste. Let's play some Newtopia for them, and we'll get back with Megley okay. Chin and. Um, God, I, I, there's so much more to cover. We need about five episodes, but we'll, we'll finish it up after this, after we do the Utopia.
generation. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> That was Newtopia with our guest Meg Lee Chin. And again, off the air, we always ask the crazy questions that nobody wants to answer. And the simplest question was, Sean? What kind of music do you like? And? Kind. Well, yeah, what kind of music? Obviously, obviously good music. <laughs> but um, Wolf the, the, the thing I've probably, uh, the, the thing, uh, the, the most recent thing that I've liked is um, I, I quite like the Mercury Music Prize winner, Wolf Alice. Okay. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, the Mercury Music Prize. It's a prize that happens annually here in the UK. And, um, you know, they tend to be sort of uh, artistic bands. And, um, yeah, I quite like Wolf Alice. I'll have to check them out. I want to. I want to say in regards to uh, the Mercury Prize, I, I, one of my favorite artists is uh, PJ Harvey, and I know that she's won that once or twice. And did uh, she? Oh, I, I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. Another another band well, I like is um, Editors. Yeah. Or um, uh, Elbow. Excuse me. Oh, Elbow. Elbow. They're editors. awesome. Yeah. Oh you, really? Oh, I have to check it out. Oh, you'd like that? I think that'd be her speed. I'm, I'm just guessing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give it cool, a shot. Yeah, it's fun. I'll, I'll check it out immediately. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what are you listening to outside of that? Is there some? What's in your? Uh, what do you? I, God, I used to say, "What's in your iPod?" Dating myself, even now in the two thousands. Uh, what are you listening to now? Do you? Are, are you? St- by the way, are you still a, a CD person? MP three? Do you go vinyl? I'm afraid I'm working all the time on uh, my, my cartoon, England's Mask, the documentary. Right. So you're busy. So. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I probably bit off more than I can chew because um, well, I'm not a cartoonist, but I just sort of started for this project, and um, it's uh, it's on YouTube, and I've got part one and two up, and part three is the one I'm working on now. Um, after that, I'll be working on a new track called Busted, which is 
kind of a comment about celebrity culture. Okay. Well, I'm already interested. <laughs> Who are you focusing on? Yeah. Oh, well, pretty much Hollywood. Good. Go for it. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're okay with that. <laughs> so, yeah. Could could you tell us a little bit about, you brought up England's mask, and I wanted to maybe focus on that a little bit. Could you tell us the story about uh, the behind story about the cartoon and, and what it's about? Sure. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of turmoil going on right now in England. And, um, you know, one, one thing that I've noticed um, about modern life is uh, just the um, just the inaccuracy of the media uh, in the West, both here in the UK and in the USA. Um, I think it was back in around I think it was in 1990. Uh, I was in an all girl band called Crunch. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. We, yeah, we had the distinction of being the first band, first Western band to play in the USSR, or actually the former USSR. And we played in the Ukraine right when the Ukraine broke off from the USSR. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had grown up in the States hearing that the Russians were brainwashed and they were zombies and, you know, all this propaganda and they had this Wolverines! totalitarian fascist <laughs> Red Dawn. society. <laughs> Yeah, so so this is I don't I don't know what I was expecting when I went out there, but uh, when I actually got out there, I sort of you know had the realization that uh, your average twelve-year-old Russian kid knew a hell of a lot more about geopolitics than your ad average um, sort of university-educated American. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, <laughs> And the, the reason was, and they, they told me that it was because um, they don't listen to their mainstream media because they know it's propaganda. I mean, they know it. Yeah. So they listen to the gossip on the street. And, um, you know, we, we've got a s similar analogy now with the Internet. And um, th the way I see it, press, uh, the, the mainstream media is like press releases from head office Whereas um, the internet is like gossip, you know, on the factory floor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this this is the way I see it. And, and I think this is the really big problem. But but anyway, I, I, I've gone too far with nah. England's mask. No, you didn't. But 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 to tie it back up. Yeah. I live here in England and um, I've got some observations that I've made because I'm American. I spent my half, half my life in America and half my life here. So I, I think I'm in a, a, a pretty unique position to judge the, um, I, I guess, maybe some of the problems culturally. And England's mask, basically, the idea behind it is um, the royal family are like a corporate symbol. <laughs> And they they act as a mask of respectability, which it, it acts as a corporate symbol in that um, it lends an image of stability to the banking system in England. And the banking system in England is um, very, very powerful because England is economically, it's a financial monoculture as far as I can see. 
the majority of a large part of the economy is the uh, financial services. I can't remember the percentage, but it's very, very high. And um, the financial service sector got very powerful. Well, I could go into the history of it, but you guys probably don't have this long. But uh, my video, England's Mask, talks about it. My sorry, my uh, documentary, England's Mask. Mm -hmm. So so I'm making the cartoon slash documentary to accompany the song because there's actually quite a bit about the song. Basically, the basic idea is that the royal family are a symbol of respectability disguising a nation that's addicted to easy money, Mm -hmm. which flows from a square mile of land in the city of London Mm -hmm. called the city of London which is uh, curiously not the same as London the city. Are you confused yet? No, not at all. I was going to ask you, so was Morrissey correct all these years, even though I'm not the biggest what, fan? <laughs> um, but, but, but my view is that um, basically England has put all its eggs into the one f- basket of uh, financial services and banking. Mm-hmm. As a result... Uh, because there's a lot of easy money that flows from the city of London, that their whole manufacturing sector is sort of um, atrophied, I suppose, because uh, you know nobody's going to invest in manufacturing or normal jobs when there's so much money to be made in the city of London. So as a result, England used to have a really, really good social security system. I mean, they paid your rent. Mm-hmm. They used to pay you, you know, amount every week, and and that's why this place was so creative, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, unlike, unlike, I suppose, if you're from a country with not so generous a social security system, you've really got to get down and uh, you know get serious about your life at a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. But in England, there, there there was a little bit of a safety net. There was a NHS hospital treatment. And um, that's you know, interesting. That that's everything that. that's coming under yeah. fire in the U.S. right now with um, healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have a solution. Uh, try to get this message out there. It's really important. Sure. So, uh, well, well, I have a solution to the uh, medical crisis. It's really simple, and it'll satisfy both sides. So instead of Trump stimulating everybody across the board with tax cuts, yeah. You do targeted tax cuts towards sectors that need it, and the sector that that needs it is the uh, the medical sector. So what you do is you offer uh, zero taxes to anybody that wants to start a hospital, a clinic, any medical practice. You offer zero tuition to any smart kid that wants to study medicine, biology, chemistry, uh, sports medicine, anything related to health. Yeah, you just offer targeted. Uh, cuts any even uh, zero interest or low loans you know i mean to 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 all those sectors that need it and so what you get is in 10 years time you get a lot more competition because there's a lot more people that are studying medicine and opening clinics and mm-hmm. hospitals and that's how you do it you know because uh, I, I think americans have a real hard time with socialism because uh, there's a phobia from the mccarthy era sure and people still haven't got it from you know i mean people in america the, the way they talk about socialism it's just ridiculous i mean it, it's not black or white 
it's not like, oh, gosh, you know, if we're not extreme neoliberals, we're going to be um, we're going to be communists. So it, it, it's like a spectrum, you know, and what <laughs> yeah. you do is you need to find a, a sweet spot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a spectrum. And, um, you know, what I find is in America, there's a real phobia about socialism. You can't even say that word. Pe- people go insane. They start foaming at the mouth. But um, in fact, you know, things like school, education, well, well, that's socialist. You know, it's the society paying for something. So, mm-hmm. so instead of uh, in, instead of joining tribes and saying, ah, I'm I'm with this tribe, I'm with this group, and this is my ideology, and I'll stick rid- rigidly to it, and I'll follow my leader. You, you just think objectively, and you just say, look, you know, what's the best way to achieve what we need? And the best way, I think, is instead of having tax cuts straight across the board, you put tax cuts and incentives where you need them. Because um, basically, money is just a symbol for energy, and we're surrounded by energy. So uh, I'm going way off. Aren't no, I? You, no, you I, asked I about England's mask. Quite frankly, <laughs> no. I I expected this. Um, no, have you considered running for office? <laughs> No way. <laughs> no, I had a lawsuit, remember? Yeah, I know. I, I know how awful that world is. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. It is an awful world. Uh, we need you to make yeah. some angsty songs about it. Um, so when you walk away from this or say tomorrow, you wake up, drink a cup of coffee, what's the next thing you're going to write? Are you going to write something angry? Are you going to write something for the album or record something? Well, I... Uh, like uh, tomorrow, when I wake up, the first thing I'll do in the morning is I'll um, I'll be finishing the last minute of part three of England's Mask. Cool. And in the part part three is where I talk about the social security system. Part four part four is where I put across some some ideas I have for solutions. Uh, which um, I won't go into on this program. That's Don't cool. No, man. No, no, no. This is your platform. We're all right with that. Uh, I, I, honestly, just I'm. J- I knew that you'd want to go this route, and it's so interesting to me. And I'm glad that you're doing this, and you can always use this route. So anytime you want to, you're always welcome back to talk about it. Uh, we're just curious about Meg Lee Chin and what is going on with her, and um, what do we expect? Like as of like a next release, what what are we going to see outside of the show? Well. well when I'm finished with, uh, basically, I've got one minute left to part three, and uh, part four should hopefully take, if if I can get a minute done a day, part four should be done hopefully before Christmas. Okay. And hopefully before Christmas, I can get started on Busted, which is all about celebrity culture. Okay. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's the idea that uh, we evolved to follow leaders. But with mass media, and, and following leaders was probably a good idea, you know, because, um, you know, to, to follow someone who seems smart uh, is probably a good idea for, for, for evolutionary reasons. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is with mass media, the leaders we have are created with celluloid and um, digitally. And, <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're not real. I, I call it the junk food of leadership. Yeah, I'd have to agree and, with you uh, there. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, I I think it's screwing up society. You know, I'm not, not going to moan about Trump because that that's so boring and everybody yeah, does. Yeah, well, trust you know, me, we just, we wake up with it, we go to bed with it. It's ugh, it, yeah. It, it, it really it, it really is uh, just too much nonstop moaning. It just um, 
Well, that's why yeah, I, I, I got to tell exhausting. you, Meg, me and Sean are voting differently in the, in the coming, upcoming years. We're going um, Uncle Al and Paul Barker. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that reunion after all these years? Do you know about that? Uh, no, I don't know anything about it. I've yeah. seen uh, Paul Barker has had a lot of his um, his videos come up a lot on Facebook. <laughs> he does these live uh, DJ sets on Facebook. Yeah, Paul Barker. I saw him. I, I don't know if Sean was there. We saw him with the Pussifer the Pussifer tour, he was, uh, you were there, right? Yeah, I was Playing there. bass. Yeah, um, but yeah, apparently him and uh, Al, you told me, they yeah. made up. Um, yeah, made what are your ends. thoughts on that? You're an, you're an old ministry fan, correct, Meg? Oh, yeah, yeah, I love ministry. Um, I met Al twice okay. when he was here in London. And, um, you know, it just hung out for like maybe a few hours each time. And, um, you know, it was one of those pissed up evenings where you're really, you know, everybody's really drunk and, <laughs> you, you know, this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> At some point, we have to grow up a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit. You got to keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. And I really hate that I said that because that's a, a quote from somebody I don't like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, the, the, I have no reference. The thing, for it. The, the, the thing about that's it. weird about the music <laughs> business is, um, my record label used to complain that I didn't party enough. Hmm. You're <laughs> too smart. Yeah, I mean, it was like kind of exhausting. You scared them. You know what I mean? That's what it was. You scared them. You're too yeah. smart. <laughs> I'm looking forward to everything else no, you have I, going. I really... I'm looking to. We're both looking forward to everything else you have going on and coming up. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's just full on. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's all right, though. <laughs> I want to ask you this as a music, as a musician, as an artist. Um, I, I've been trying to I, 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 thinking and doing summoning a band by playing their songs without their OK to do so. So I'm like begging and summoning for a cease and desist. Is that like a, a good thing to do? <laughs> or am I asking the person that I should never ask? <laughs> if I play a song by a non-existent band, well, they, well they, they don't exist anymore. If I play some of their stuff and just randomly play it and I threaten, well, I get threatened with a cease and desist, is it worth summoning that band to do my show? Um, you're, so there's a band that doesn't oh, exist so anymore and you're playing their songs? There's so many. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You're but thinking I, about it. I am more than thinking about it because there's so much music out there that hasn't been heard. There's people that haven't heard you. We're trying to get you, you know, you have a new audience with us. Uh, we have, you know, a lot of old school folks and there's a lot of, you know, millennials see, see, that never I, heard you. I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I think when somebody publishes something, you can cover it, right? Cover think, it. But yes. the only thing. The only thing is, if you release it, I think you're supposed to pay them uh, copyrights. But but yeah. all these sort of like places where you have music nowadays, well, nobody's really collecting copyright, are they? Although, wait a minute, I think they have started like on YouTube. Yeah, haven't they started? Kind yeah, of, um... there is something going on there. Yeah, I was asking your opinion if it's worth the uh, the effort to summon a band that has disappeared. Just to see if they hear it, somebody hears it. It's probably worth the risk, I think, because then somebody hears some new music they never heard before. But I like the song. Okay. I'm going to play it. But you, so you're saying the band broke up and you're playing the CD like on the radio. They're out of print. Yeah. Do I do yeah, that to but... get their attention? Is it worth the risk? Do I take the cease and desist and just run with it? Uh, take the show off after I play it? Do you recommend doing that? Because I'm going to do it. 
<laughs> well, I'm not a lawyer. Don't ask me. I don't want to get in trouble with this band. What, well, no, what if they're real big? What I, if they I, want to beat me up? Oh no, no, I would. They couldn't. <laughs> but it, I, I'm asking you just because of your track record now. I like. I, I wasn't going to ask you this, and then I'm like, oh, hmm, she may have some experience with this. Um, yeah, I'm asking as a friend too. <laughs> Should I do this? All right. Well, I am oh, probably right. going to do this. Um, but in I, the meantime, I mean, I, I'm guessing I'm I'm no lawyer, so let <laughs> let me make this disclaimer now. You've had some fun though, so, and that's all, and I I I, <laughs> I totally enjoy that. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm thinking any band that doesn't exist, they'd probably appreciate it. Somebody, you'd think, um, you'd think, or am I stepping on a landmine? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't so I'm a, I think nowadays, like pe- people are just happy because like nobody's really making money with the music I know. business anymore. Are it's they? sad. You it's know? so sad. So, When's what's the last show you yeah. saw? Have you been to a show like in a club or anything lately? There is some gr- there are some great bands out in clubs right now. Some great ones. You know, there's hardly any hot live shows in London anymore. I hate to say this. I'm going to turn you on to a band that I think you'd like. It's definitely your style. Uh, Check out Nightclub. Two words, Nightclub. They're from L.A. Nightclub. Yeah. And then you said something else. Elbow. Elbow. That was Sean, yeah. Elbow, yeah. Great. Elbow and Elbow and nightclub. Elbow. Elbow's great else rock. Mentioned nightclub, possibly. Possibly. Bo- I think maybe somebody else mentioned that as well. No doubt you've heard of nightclub. Elbow. Elbow, you should know. They've been around a while. Great rock and roll band. Yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. Um, like early Radiohead mixed with U2, but very poetic lyrics and. Um, good bass. Yeah. Yeah, really good band. I like Radiohead and YouTube. Well, YouTube. I'm, I'm YouTube. referring to how Elbow maybe might be similar to those bands in a way. They're like uh, Radiohead's earlier music and U2, um, you know, parts of U2, maybe like mid-era U2. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And they're from they got some funk, and, and though. And you guys, you guys are from Pittsburgh, yeah? Sean Pittsburgh, is. Yeah I'm, yeah. From, yeah, I'm from New York originally. I'm a transplant here. 20 years in New York, 20 years here. So, yeah. Go ahead. And, and where are you now? Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's where i am oh, he's an, he's an implant i'm an implant now <laughs> hey do you guys still have that um pittsburgh you've got like um this uh sort of like hot hot chicken wing place yes we <laughs> do got, like really quaker steak it, and lube it's kind of famous <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to give them free advertisement right now but yeah that's one of oh, them okay, yeah yeah all what right about we won't buff- mention their name buffalo wild wings uh, that's buffalo what I wild wings yeah. about pittsburgh they had some real real hot chicken yes wings. man it, uh, no it is the chicken it's like the, the zombie capital of the world and the chicken <laughs> wing capital of the world yes absolutely <laughs> two things to not be Excellent. proud of but hey we love it <laughs> <laughs> all right hey i gotta ask you what about horror movies are you into horror movies at all no. No, that was a quick no. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm phobic. I, I, oh, really? You know, um, I, I have a phobia of ghosts. Were you, did something specifically turn you off from horror movies? Yeah, my grandma. When I was a kid, she was the sort of like Buddhist loka in Taiwan. She was like the village medium. And um, she told us when we were kids that whatever you do, if you see a ghost, don't be scared because they can jump into your body. Wow. That would do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would yeah, do that, it. That, that'd give you a lifelong phobia. That would yeah, definitely no, I'm do phobic. it. Wow. You yeah, know, he, he, here's the other thing. This is freaky, right? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I see ghosts. <laughs> Wait, do you? Not not all the time. Oh. Um, and I haven't probably in about 10 years. 
But uh, my problem is, is if I go like, say, a couple of days without sleeping, this is why I, that, this is why I always make sure I get my sleep. If I go a couple of days without sleeping, um, yeah, and, and I go someplace that's haunted, yeah, I, I will see them. Wow. I always see dark shapes, like out of the corner of my eye, like yeah. something's yeah. there and then it like, then it's gone. And I always feel, yeah, man. it's, it's really Sorry? weird. I was just going to say, it's just really strange. You see, you see dark, dark, dark shapes. Yeah, sometimes, like almost like there's a figure there, but then it like, then it's like when I go to look real quick, it's gone. And then sometimes I feel like I see it again. And, and then it, if I try to look, it's gone. It's really weird. I don't know yeah, if it's anything. Yeah, it, is, but... it, is, it is creepy. You, you know where you really get the ghosts is, um, and unfortunately, me me being a singer in bands and touring, <laughs> you, you get ghosts in the nightclubs. Oh, know? yeah. You, you get ghosts in drinking establishments, yeah? Mm -hmm. Because there's, there's a connection between sort of like alcohol, and that's why they call them spirits. Huh. You know, so, so th there's connection. But I mean... You know, I, I don't even know if I believe in ghosts. That that's the weird thing. But I mean, you're afraid it, of them. It, um, I'm I'm afraid of the experience. Hmm. Okay, I you know, respect that. Because I I know I have them. I I mean they they could be a hallucination. But as far as I'm concerned, what's the difference between hallucination and real life? Well, the only difference is uh, real life is consensual. Real life is the sort of thing that everybody agrees. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. And and this the stuff that you see that looks equally as real is real life. Um, the only reason it isn't real life is nobody else agrees with you. Yeah. Hmm. So I, like I used to live in San Francisco, and every bus you get on in San Francisco, there'll be somebody there talking to somebody in in an empty seat next to them. Yeah. <laughs> but unless they're fantastic actresses or uh, actors. They're talking to somebody, yeah? So in their world, they're seeing something very real. So, like, the question is, um, what makes our reality more um, more real than their reality? And the answer is um, consensus. But uh, that's not to say that what they're seeing isn't real. I appreciate and, that. Um, I, I totally, Meg, actually, I, I wrote something about that. And, uh, yeah, like, what if these people that we ooh, deem... would love to read it. Well, it's called The Fall of Tomorrow. Um, it's out there, okay. folks. I, I, yeah, I, I do shameless plugs. That's how we get this thing going. But it's on Amazon.com, The Fall of Tomorrow. I'll say it again. Fall of Tomorrow. Let's... <laughs> Get it out there. You're the best. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon, it, and I did write. It's a demon apocalypse, but it, 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 the 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 bad people, so to speak, they're talking to folks on the train, like you said in real life. They're seeing yeah. things that uh, we people that we deem as crazy actually know more than we know. So there's a good part well, of the book that's about that. They're seeing alternate yes. realities, aren't yes. they? And Here's I tackle. I tackle autism with that, and I have some experience in my family. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah where yeah. they see more than we do. But go ahead. Go ahead. But but uh, because of that, I just make sure I get sleep all the time, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I really don't like to go there. I think the last time I saw a ghost was in Chicago. Wax and, Tracks uh, Records. It, 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 no, it was in uh, Charles Levi's uh, Loft. <laughs> Whoa. Do you ever keep in contact with him? I know he has a. What's his band? Oh, I, called? I, I, I'd I like I'd like to, you know, because we, we're always saying, um, "Oh, yeah, we got to do something together," but it never happens, you know. You know what? You know, I, I have I, a friend that lives in Chicago now, and um, 
she's kind of in the scene with those people out there. I'll have to ping her on that and see if uh, she talks to him. Yeah, see, with Charles, uh, I'd love to talk to Charles. Maybe there's a way we can sync you guys up. Oh, Sean will hook you up, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, Yeah, follow up with Sean. He he will. Yeah, tell him not to bring any ghosts. (laughs) 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 See, the the funny thing is, is uh, Charles isn't scared of ghosts at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's totally cool with it. He's such a cool guy. He's just easy going. I'm scared shitless of them. I, see, I am not. And I've had them in here. When I say I have them here, I had some spirits here. Um, I think yeah. you were around for what We had uh, Bobby Cranmer here. Something you want to look into is The Demon of Brownsville Road. There's a book, and we do two oh, podcasts. Oh, no, no, thanks. If it's scary, I can't read it. No See, way. if it scares Meg Lee Chin, then we must get it out there. The Demon of Brownsville Road. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out on uh, Kettle Whistle Radio. Go back to uh, a couple of our old our old casts. What's our, what's, what's our network now? Society-13.com. You can mm-hmm. hit up all the Kettle Whistle Radio episodes. But The Demon of Brownsville Road, folks is very scary meg yeah don't listen to that episode or the second one for she that matter she might not be able to read your book either she may not be able to read my book yeah. possibly oh, no, not is your book scary it's oh, it's well, it's I'll out there you, I, I tell you what you know <laughs> vampires bad. don't scare me nah. what there's two things that scare me yeah ghosts and demons. Oh, then yeah, Fall of Tomorrow. Don't read it. Um, <laughs> my first non-endorsement. Go with Dwelling in the Dark if you can deal with just monsters in general. That's the other book. Again, on Amazon.com. Yeah, mo- mo- monsters are okay. Monsters don't really go. scare me. It, it's just those particular two particular things, and especially the ghosts. Oh. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, well, we'll see. Seabold uh, will vouch for me. He he saw a ghost with me once. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Elaborate. He, 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 he'll vouch And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think Michelle was there. I think, I think it's before Seabold met Michelle. It was on, it was, it, it was like one of the last tours I did. And it was in a club. It might have been, no, it wasn't. It might have, it might have been in Pittsburgh. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> they played a lot in Pittsburgh. I, yeah. I had a girlfriend that, uh, we, well, we both loved Pigface and, um, she uh, she acquired your first album, and uh, I somehow, when we broke up, acquired that album. <laughs> Stick, <laughs> sticky fingers. Good heist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and it's mine now. <laughs> she, asked, she asked for it back, but I never gave it back. She pro- she's probably still mad at me about that. We don't keep in contact, though, so. Collateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Meg. This has been so much fun. Um, this oh, is where yeah, you, you need to you need to tell the folks how to find you, how to buy your music, where to get it. Go ahead and plug yourself. Let's see. Uh, well, it's the YouTube channel. It's the Meg Chin YouTube channel. And as far as where to buy the music, I think I, th- I think it's available on CD Baby and. Um, Maybe Spotify, but Spotify you don't buy. You just mm-hmm. play it. It's on CD Baby, Spotify, and the new track is somewhere that I can't remember. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, so, oh, yeah, I think it might be on iTunes. I, I don't know is the honest-to-God truth. I never was good at the business side of things. <laughs> you know, your your new track, England's Mask, is actually on Spotify. Um is it? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Well, good. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter, and that's where me and Meg, I believe we met there, I think. 
That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I get a lot of good artists there, a lot of good bands there. And, of course, with Sean's preference, uh, you know, I I got to get him on Twitter. He's not there yet, but <laughs> I'm at Fairly Dark. All our stuff, including this now episode that will be immortalized on uh, Society 13, it is at www.fairlydarkproductions.com. And check into all our shows there, especially the queens of NC-17 that are going to love this episode. And the pop-off with Martise, which uh, Meg would definitely be a guest on that one. Martise is going to love this this woman, I'm telling you now. She's a little younger than us, so she kind of missed out on the pig face days. But that's what this is all about, is opening up to a brand new audience, don't you think? Yay! Sounds good to me. Absolutely. And we'll go out with England's mask. Uh, Sean, you got something else brewing? No, I think I'm... I think I've got it all covered. Well, I got like about a few weeks worth of politics I could rent on about, <laughs> but I won't bore you to tears. That's not boring. <laughs> That's called episode two. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, <laughs> Meg Leachin, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, what can I say? we got to have you back. Cheers. Yeah, and yeah. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. That's what it's meant to be. And thank you so much. And now for England's Mask, folks.
Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. 